And it's funny how I imagined that I would be that person now. But it does not seem to have happened. Maybe I've just forgotten how to see that I'm not exactly the person that I thought I'd be. And I'm Emily. And I'm Lily. I'm so proud of you. Hooray! You said your name this time. I Good did. job. <laughs> I said it too early, oh. though. Can we retake that? No. You know what? I'm I'm gonna treasure it. Okay. I think, unless you really want to. You want to redo? You want to try it again? Welcome to Reddity for Estrogen. It's a podcast where my co-host. And I, I'm another co-host. We're both co-hosts. Both of us. We talk about stuff. So I'm Lily. And I'm and, Emily. And I'm C. There it is. Oh, there it is. Z. There it is. Oh, it's you. Oh, it's me. It's you, Emily. It's oh, you. I have an identity. You're right there. You're valid. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no, I'm valid. Oh, no. You can't just go on and validate me like that. <laughs> Not again. Not again. Not again. Oh, dang. I done dig dang done did the whole thing again. The whole thing. I did it again. All over again. So I just want to get this out the front door real right quick and a half. You want to kick this one out of bed? I do. I'm I am really excited for a video game for once in a, in a long time. Yeah. For a video game, to, for a triple A video game to come out, I'm actually excited for once. Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about Borderlands Three. Oh yeah. I'm actually excited this time. Ah. Uh, I am. I'm still feeling pretty mixed about it. Cause I, Gearbox has some very uh, practices with their workers. Yeah, they've definitely worsened over the years. Yes. Absolutely. But, but such is the case with most video game companies. Please unionize. Yeah, honestly. <sighs> we really need to have an episode on that at some point. That's a good, yeah, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. Yeah, we should throw that on the docket. But like, we'll, we'll discuss it later. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I really liked Borderlands 2. Um, I, I don't know. I've like grown to really like the series and i except only played except like for, half of the first one so <laughs> yeah except for the pre-sequel i've really enjoyed all the content and all the games like and I'm, the, I'm but i'm the kind of person who likes cheesy like one-liners and like goofy characters you know i like yeah. that yeah i get you i understand that doesn't appeal to some people because they definitely did kind of there are, like, moments in the second game specifically. I don't know about the pre-sequel, but in the second game, there are only a few moments, I feel, where they try to, like... They try a bit too hard to, like, push that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I like the games overall. I, I don't I feel like they have... The gunplay has of... always been fucking fantastic in Borderlands. Like, I will give it that, like, 100% yeah. of the time. It plays really nice. Yeah. And I think that's a great... I think that's a mark of a good game is that they focus on what they know how to do. Mm -hmm. They don't try to do everything. Yeah. You know, I always come back to the example of World of Warcraft where it has like 10 different games in one and none of them are good. Yeah. You know, they have the PvP, which sucks. They have the the Pokemon minigame, which sucks. They have like the MMO game, which sucks. (laughs) You know, it had a bunch of different playstyles, but was really, really fantastic. What? The wonderful 101. Yeah, but that was more that was more like streamlined, and it was like part of a progressive experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wish more people would play the wonderful 101. <laughs> it's really good. And I trust you, but we already we already had our episode on that. I know. I'm just so sad about it all the time. Yeah. Hey, I'm sad about Klonoa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Imagine how I feel. 
they freaking Klonoa, tarnished that one. I think Klonoa sold more than Wonderful 101, and it got a, multiple sequels, so. That's a fair point. <laughs> nah, that's a fair, that's a fair point. Anyway, fair point. continue. Um, I was just gonna say that, you know, you have a lot of games that are really good at focusing on one specific aspect of gameplay, like Jet Set Radio, mm-hmm. like uh, Hollow Knight, which I've been playing recently. God, Hollow Knight is so fucking good. And they just understand what they're about, and they just do it. Yeah, I started you know, a fucking uh, Steel Soul run in Hollow Knight, which is basically... like hard mode, right? Yeah, it's permadeath. If you die, it's game over. Ooh, Like, your save is rough. wiped. <laughs> that's rough. It's nutty. I got, like, real maybe six bosses in. Uh, uh-huh. I tried doing it earlier, and I got to, uh, have you gotten to, uh, the Fungal Wastes yet? Yes, the farthest I've gotten is I've beaten the, the, um, the Mantis Lords. Okay, I got to the Mantis Lords, and I had no upgrades, no, like, I had, like, three charms, I think I got Dash Master, and I was Uh like, eh, I could probably take Mantis Lords. (laughs) no. No, no, I I killed the first one and got to the double part, and yeah. I got fucking bodied. <laughs> you have to get in the zone, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You have to get focused. You can't, like, get greedy or try to, like, heal yourself. You have to just get it in the pattern. Yeah. I did do early Molek, though, so that was That's fun. pretty good. I did, too. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, today, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. I want to do kind of an update episode yeah but you know we might talk about other stuff along the way uh wanted to talk about how i've been doing post-op mm-hmm. so to catch anyone up who doesn't know i and we've done i think four other episodes four three or four i think like at least four i'm confident okay uh we've I done at know. least four other episodes because the first one was pre-op, the second one was a second pre-op, the third one was like, I think a week before the surgery, yeah. and then the fourth one was a post-op episode. Yeah. So I believe we're on the fifth one now. Okay. So, second post-op update. I had my surgery back in December, December 5th, mm-hmm. and up until then I've been preparing for about a year through, you know my own like personal emotional like roller coaster discovery trying to figure out if i need this and then calling women walker setting up appointments seeing therapists and you know going to johns hopkins ripping off your surgeon. genitalia with the uh, claw of a hammer <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh flogging just lots of flogging that mm-hmm. was the only way i could get off actually Happens to the best of us. <laughs> did you braid your own cat of nine tails or did you just buy one? No, I braided it myself, actually. Mm. I took the time, you know. Leather or horsehair? Leather. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't have access to horsehair. Yeah, it'd be hard to come by. Yeah. And I feel like at that point, if you're buying, you know, the horsehair already, like, braided. You might as well just buy the entire horse. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes, but also you may as well just buy an entire cat of nine tails. I mean, yeah, fair enough. So, did all that huge process, took like nine, eight, I want to say eight months since like the first call I made to Mm -hmm. Women Walker to start setting this up. So, I'm at a point where I'm kind of not exactly in recovery anymore but i am Mm -hmm. so the post-op process as far as like recovery milestones it looks like it looks like this you get the surgery and then you get out of the hospital that's a major milestone and then you you, so you start dilating Mm -hmm. and then from there each like shift in dilator up is kind of a milestone yeah and that can each each shift like it really depends on the person and the surgeon 
but it can take, you know, two to four weeks, uh, depending on a lot of factors to like keep moving up in the dilator sizes. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't already know, dilators are these like plastic, plastic, uh, dildos, I guess. It's, It's like a kazoo for your cooch. A, a kazooch? Yeah. Kazooch. Kazooch. So, so you're equipped with kazooch four Kazooch sounds like a Kirby villain. It does. Kazooch. <laughs> I like it, though. It's good. I'm going to call them Kazooches. <laughs> okay. Because it's a really cute. It's a really cute word. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so I have four Kazooches, and they, they're not so much dildos because they're not like shaped in any way they're just like perfectly they're cylindrical cylind- they're yeah. cylindrical and then they're like tapered and they kind of like curve at the the end mm-hmm. and they they're they range i think they're all i think they're all just about 10 to 12 inches long mm-hmm. i want to say and they have these five dots on them and basically you use them to dilate hence Mm -hmm. the name dilators uh you put them in the vagina and it dilates the vagina like pushes it around in the inside and like holds it and stretches it yeah make sure it doesn't close on you because that is a legitimate problem that can happen with vaginoplasty and that's terrifying yes it is i don't know anyone that's had that happen but I have Probably a friend because of... doctors really insist you be diligent with it. <laughs> yeah, the only time that you really get run into an issue is when the is when the uh, patient or patient's the wrong word. It's when like the the person, I guess, the person who gets the vagina. Yeah, uh, the vagina, if you will, <laughs> the recipient. <laughs> yeah, uh, the pussipient, <laughs> if you will. God, you're on fire today. I am. I'm just left, left and right. <laughs> just pumping them out. It's the skipped week. I've had these all saved up. Yeah, you, you, really, you really had to uh, build it all up for just one big shotgun blast of comedy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the Pacipient. I don't even remember what the hell I was on. Oh, yeah, Dilators. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... Uh, oh yeah, and closing up of the vagina. So, a legitimate problem being the possible uh, overhealing of the vagina, and because your body essentially treats it like a major wound, mm-hmm. and it's constantly trying to heal it and close it. Yeah. So the only times that people really run into the actual issue and have that happen where it closes up. Uh, are either people that are uninformed and they're like misinstructed in a sense Mm -hmm. or they uh, are negligent which i don't know how many times that happened but i'm sure there are a few cases yeah where it's enough where they have to like caution you about it it matters (laughs) yeah absolutely because some people um not that i've met one but some people i imagine get a bit too like overconfident with it and they think like oh i've been dilating for three months like twice a day time for someone to pound this yeah they're like i don't need dilate anymore yeah but you do (laughs) you do trust me it'd probably Uh, close on you faster than you'd think oh yeah and that's the problem yep 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 is that like it's like you know eternal vigilance the consistency is very important yeah so what happens at like the end of the dilating period is it like that it conforms to the size of the dilator and that it uh like creates stable tissue so that it stays open or like so so essentially it's kind of think of it like an ear piercing okay so you get the whether it's the piercing gun or a needle or whatever mm-hmm. you needle with an apple on the uh, other side yeah you you tie a string to the doorknob and you pull real hard yeah you pull your earlobe open <laughs> you just rip your earlobe off. oh my god ow <laughs> ah. 
No. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Yes, it is. I pierced um, my own ear once when I was like 14. Oh, that was I immediately awful. I immediately realized that it was a mistake, so I never even put a piercing in it. I just kind of like pierced it with a needle and I was like, I don't like this. And then just <laughs> let it close. That's so funny. I never told my parents about that. <laughs> I just did it in my room. <laughs> I was like, ow. Ow, what the, why did I do that? <laughs> Yo, this doesn't look good on me. So this I let sucks. it close. <laughs> um, so, so imagine an ear piercing. You create the hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference here is that it's a, you know, a two-sided hole as opposed to just uh, a one hole. Deal. Yeah. Um, you create the sort of tunnel, mm-hmm. and then your body, you know, is like sending a bunch of resources to heal it. Yeah. So what you they're do, trying to zergling rush your uh, your moist cavern. Essentially, essentially. So it when you put a um whether like a like a sleeper earring do you know what that means Mm -hmm. so you put like a sleeper earring in um which is just an earring that you keep in all the time you sleep in it why it's called a sleeper yeah and that you just wear that until it's like fully healed which you know could take like a month or something yeah depending on the size of the earring yeah depending on the earring depending on how your body reacts to it etc etc which also applies to the vagina Mm -hmm. so you keep this earring in which the the earring uh i forget what it's called but the actual like metal piece that goes through the hole in the ear and like holds it in place the that stabby what's it right the stabby what's it that is essentially in our case the kazooch okay the dilator mm-hmm. so you just put it in stays there and then the ear the earlobe um flesh the tissue will heal and grow around it and when it finishes healing you can just take it out whenever you want and it won't try to heal because it's already done healing in Mm -hmm. quotes so the same pretty much the same exact principle applies to vaginoplasty where creating a cavity right and you're keeping it open so that it will heal around the cavity that you're creating okay now the difference being that you can't keep a dilator in all the time no obviously and that would get very uncomfortable very quickly exactly which is why the dilating healing process takes a lot longer Mm -hmm. because you're only keeping a dilator in you know with you know depending on different cases up to you know 30 45 minutes every day starting Mm. out early on so it takes a lot longer because you have to keep doing it every day and like being very consistent with that yeah it's a lot more patience than i ever have to deal with so yeah more power i was i was slowly but surely losing my my mind and my patience uh as as time went marching on until the three month line because before the three month mark i was dialing twice a day and it was just like it just became very very annoying Mm -hmm. and i was more than excited when three more three month mark came and i was down to one a day i have trouble enough uh remembering to take my meds every morning so (laughs) yeah yeah i've never forgotten to dilate yeah that's good. I think it's be- it's a much more involved process, you know, so it's hard to forget about. Mm-hmm. I've been late on it um, maybe a handful of times, but I've always done it. That was mostly my fault. What do you mean? You remember that time I was absolutely bugging the shit out of you <laughs> and kept you from uh, dilating? <laughs> well, after we recorded one time, or... Yeah, after we recorded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. But, like... It's it's a lot more fragile early on. I'm at a point where I'm five months, like five months and two weeks post-op. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, dilating is slowly becoming less and less, um, like, imperative. Mm. 
it's absolutely still important, but, you know, in two weeks, the recommended frequency is twice a week. Yeah. And I'm still doing, like, once a day. Mm. I've actually done twice a day a couple times in the past week. Because... Just really want to make sure. Yeah, because um, recently there's been a development where I've needed to get um, in steroid injections in the gooch. Make your pussy strong. Make your pussy strong. <laughs> What's the steroids for? <laughs> well, I just, you know, competition these days. I just oh, got to keep up. Yeah, I know. I know. The Olympics are coming around pretty soon. I'm training. You know? <laughs> Gonna enter for uh, watermelon crushing. <laughs> You see, a lot of people think it's the thighs that deliver the crush. I was just about to say. I was just about to say, yeah. I don't think it's like you're really putting a watermelon up your gooch. No. It's actually the uh, the lips smacking together that creates a shockwave. Oh, and no. And that splits hate... the watermelon. I hate it. I hate it. Is that the worst thing I've ever said on the podcast? Probably. Mm, probably not. I feel like you've said worse. I've said some Maybe. pretty terrible things. I don't know how anyone deals with me. It's competing. It's definitely competing. It's up there. So, <laughs> I was going to suggest, like, grape crushing or something, you know? Something it's easy. It's not hard to crush a grape, though. With your vagina? I mean, anyone who does kegels regularly can crush a grape. I guess, but when you, but then you make it a sport. I guess. You know what I mean? Like, anyone can throw a at football. At that point, it'd be, like the frequency with which you crush grapes it'd be it'd be a numbers game yeah i feel like it's it's like a there's a it's like a time attack you know it's like a pie contest exactly it's a (laughs) not sun free grapes (laughs) not sun free grapes um it's competitive grape crushing but not in the way you think Mm. (laughs) <laughs> and at the so end, got... they just gather all the grapes together and make some really good wine. You know what? I wonder what that would taste like. Pussy wine? Pussy wine. Huh. Trademark. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast ever falls through, we can just have an entrepreneurial uh, adventure. Look, I got the pussy. You got the grapes. <laughs> I don't have you access know what I'm to a vineyard. <laughs> but I could. <laughs> Move to France. Get a vineyard. <laughs> Dude, you we could phrase it as like estrogen infused or some crap, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Embrace your femininity with Wine Moms are all over that. Oh my god, you're totally right. We could totally spin this for suburban white mo- uh wine moms. Exactly. Oh my god. They, it could be like, you know, uh like invigorate your youth you know what i'm saying embrace your inner woman exactly it's perfect yeah um that said i i hadn't given it some given it any thought but i don't know whether or not i secrete estrogen Hmm. out of my vagina yet i don't know because that does happen in in cis people in cis afat people yeah Talk to your I'm dog wondering. and be like, yo, when's the estrogen start? <laughs> and be like, yo, when I when do I start waterfall on this shit? When can I commercialize this? <laughs> when can I become a media empire? Because, <laughs> um, like, there's a, there's a natural sort of flora, like bacterial flora, that mm-hmm. forms itself in the vagina. Yeah. And I'm, I think it's a I'm culture. almost at that point. It's like a yeast culture. You can make bread. I mean, that's where we got it. Yeah. Starting out. Yeah. That's where we got it. Do you remember, so, like, those, uh, that one fucking history lesson where they would, uh, talk about those special loaves of bread that, uh, people would bake, and they would literally just press their vagina into it to make, like, a mold of it? And then oh my bake god, that? no. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a thing people actually used to do in, I think, ancient Greece. That's crazy. Yeah. And basically, you just send it to your uh, your betrothed, and you're like, hey, come get this. 
<laughs> Here's my vagina bread. Yeah, come come Enjoy. get all up in this. <laughs> get all up in this bread. Please, let's get this bread. That's what let's that means. Let's get this bread. We figured it out. Rise and grind. Rise and grind. The sexual kind of grinding. Yeah. See? Yeah. You gotta crack the code. All right, this one's in the figured bag. Figured it out. So I was talking about how a couple months ago, this was right around the time Allie visited, and basically at the three-month mark, uh, my vagina started to really seriously, like, overheal. And, uh had a mind of its own essentially yes it was like crying yeah what you know from teenage mutant ninja turtles nah i never got into that oh i'll just have to believe you there was this little dude that lived inside of uh shredder's tummy and he was an alien called krang he looked like a little pink octopus (laughs) he was ugly and he sounded like this krang So, in order to avoid, essentially, a crank situation, mm-hmm. I had to get the steroid injections. So, in in the process of the vagina overhealing, uh, which is mostly a characteristic of being very young, yeah. Um, a what that looked like is that a lot of excess um, granulation tissue and muscle tissue started to form. No, so would you say it's organic granulation? I feel like that's a pun. Is that a pun? Organulation? Organulation, sure. Yeah. So basically what happened is a really tense ring of muscle. Not like a perfect ring, mm-hmm. but like near the opening, this like really tense muscle tissue formed. And this happened like almost virtually overnight within like you know maybe a week at most yeah and it it happened like with no real warning it was very fast so did your doctor tell you that you were gonna die in seven days if you watch no they told they told me to come in that's not funny (laughs) they told me to come in for a steroid injection you didn't like my (laughs) ring joke I didn't like it. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't like it. Look, you... Okay. You know, I never really thought about how analogous that movie is to giving birth. I guess it is, huh? Yeah. Spiteful thing comes out of uh, a big hole. Tries (laughs) to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Just like childbirth. Literally no difference. Literally no difference. (laughs) The signs are all there. Staring you right in the face. Uh, um, we're gonna get some angry emails about this episode (laughs) (laughs) so uh this muscle tissue formed near the entrance to my vagina like on the inside obviously Mm -hmm. and as well as a bunch of really annoying granulation tissue tissue but that had kind of been like a gradual thing um and if you don't know granulation tissue is it's this it's this like it's like tissue without the skin and it's like kind of it kind of like overgrows to compensate for like major wounds just to like keep it from bleeding yeah um but it's there's kind of not a lot of direction or rhyme or reason to annulation tissue um it's just sort of like a panic button mm-hmm. and it's like we need mass here now yeah exactly yeah so uh, my brain was like responded very like uh not violently but like responded very um urgently i guess mm-hmm. and just like sent and just kept trying to make more and more and more and more and to, even today i'm like please stop we don't need this <laughs> leave the uh, hole damn it yeah leave it we've been we've been arguing over this for almost six months now we're staying with the hole it's fine it's fine. It's a hole. <laughs> we have plenty of them. <laughs> we have so many holes. What's <laughs> one more, really? Really? Yeah. So, uh, I I had made an appointment, or I guess I already had the appointment, um, but we, like, changed its purpose. Mm-hmm. 
which was in the middle of uh, March. And I think it was like March 18th. And so I went in for uh, the steroid injection, and it was very... It sucked. Yeah? Because <laughs> the, way, the way it aligned was that... Um, went in for the ejection i had to drive myself and i took ali with me mm-hmm. um or no excuse me march 18th was what a the... beautiful first date for y'all hey come help <laughs> me get my uh pussy all straightened out so march 18th i went in for the diagnosis i went in and devin looked around and he was like yeah you need a steroid injection and then I went back, and on April 1st, the same day, Allie flew back to Australia. Mm-hmm. So that was stressful. Um, I can't imagine. I uh, I think, yeah, Gwen drove me and Allie to uh, the appointment, and it was... It was suck. Um <laughs> It was some some of the sharper pain I've experienced in my life. Because mm. the thing is, I went in without any pain medication or any pain relief uh, whatsoever. So rough. I went in dry. Ouch. And, you know, they had me on the exam table, you know, with the... The stirrups? Um, stirrups, that's what they're called. I always forget what they're called. Yeah. Um, and then I remember. I just always the... equate them to the cowboy stirrups. And exactly, I'm like, yeah. exactly. I was just about to say, I always think about what it's called, what the cowboy uses. They're called stirrups. <laughs> that gets me every time. Um, and I like kind of jiggle my feet around and I like do the the rain sort of whipping motion. Does your doctor <laughs> always look at you weird when you do that? <laughs> he does. Yeehaw. <laughs> Yeehaw! And then I like do a ghost cowboy kind of. You take hat. off your hat and swing it around over your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great fun. Great fun. Yeah. But uh, fun wasn't a word I would use to describe that day because uh, I was on the exam table and there, like behind, you know, set aside the physical actual pain that goes on right set that aside for a moment and there are a lot of other factors that come into the pain here so you have the emotional toll you got the mental toll and where where the mental aspect of it comes in is like i can't see this thing right yeah it's literally like covered by your gown and you're like huh okay cool yeah and just like normally and even then it's like inside so you're like i can't just like take a mirror and look at it right yeah when you're getting a like when you're getting Unless you've a booster got like a homemade shot. speculum. <laughs> yeah. When you're getting like a booster shot in the arm, you know, you're very familiar with your arm. Yeah. You know, you've had it your whole life. It's right there, you can see it, you can look at it. <laughs> this is a new body part. You're still Exactly. Getting, you're still like shaking hands and doing business meetings with it. Exactly. Exactly. Um whereas like with another body part that you're very familiar with, like You've probably heard it before, you yeah. know, you know what your pain tolerance is, you know what it feels like to have that area, like, in pain. Yeah, like that time uh, I accidentally zipped up my own dick in my uh, pajamas when I was, like, uh, six. That was the uh, worst pain I ever felt in my fucking life. It was terrible. I cried, like, for an I hour. would. I would. Jesus. That hurt so bad. So... That essentially happened to me. Mm. <laughs> um, so this like foreign, you know, largely foreign body part that I had never, I hadn't really interacted with yet yeah. a lot. You know, aside from like... It's like a new like, roommate. You're still yeah, being yeah. very polite towards each other. Exactly. So aside from like dilating, I had never really touched down there or like you know put anything else in there i hadn't really like even put my fingers in there just to like feel around in there and like get you know familiar with it yeah it's when you're dilating right when you're dilating you you don't really feel that Mm -hmm. you know you're just like oh this is uncomfortable um but you don't really know like 
you don't have like the muscle memory so to speak yeah you don't exactly understand the sensation until it happens right right you don't you don't know how to gauge like what certain things are going to feel like yeah even just like pleasurable things or painful things you mm-hmm. just like have no idea so there's that there's like <laughs> everything just... is a knife surprise <laughs> yeah yeah there's just like this this terrifying fear of the unknown yeah that's kind of sitting there you can't see and it then... therefore it's sharp and it's going to kill you oh yeah yeah that's the only assumption that you can make yeah is like this is gonna hurt like hell and you have no idea how much it's gonna hurt or how i'm going it's to hurt. create a balloon dog and shove it up there sorry that's a knife no <laughs> that's going to kill me don't exactly uh so there's that there's like the mental space um and you know on top of that there's like the emotion of it right because because my partner's there because there. <laughs> <laughs> my partner's there so like any reaction i have is like reflected onto her which is reflected back onto me did she try and scope it what do you mean did she try and scope it scope it yeah was she checking and peeping oh um once once yeah yeah she give the thumbs up she was like hey nice gooch but it was like it was a really you know not you know no pun intended it was a very touchy area yeah um so like mostly any interaction like internally was just had to be taking it extremely slowly Mm. and it was there wasn't a lot of pleasure behind it there was some but it was mostly just like me like gripping onto the sheets just like waiting for something bad to happen (laughs) you know here please touch this big red button that says danger yeah it's on my body now exactly i have no idea what it does you have no idea what it does (laughs) but it says danger we both might die (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so i think um, it wasn't more than two times i think that uh we tried to like put her finger in there and Uh you know it was mostly like more than anything it was just a learning experience than like you know pleasurable or anything i mean those are Um, important for any relationship so yeah and just for me personally like it's gonna be years before i really feel like this is my body part and i like you know understand it fully because mm-hmm. right now it's just kind of like you said we're like roommates and it's just sort of there mm-hmm. and i like i know it's there i know it's on me but i don't yet feel exactly like it's mine yeah you know what i mean that takes a while um but anyhow uh with ali's help and my my own exploration over the following month um of like trying to get familiar with with what's in there um big hole <clears throat> a little bit more than that so the uh the shot the the steroid injection happened oh and i'll explain how, how what that looks like so there are three injections mm-hmm. and uh the f- they get increasingly more painful exponentially with each one great yeah <laughs> yeah that's what you want right yeah well so three injections so in the room it's me and this is not a very large exam room it's me ali gwen devin lauren who is his pa and then there was a visiting um doctor who was observing okay so there are six people in this cramped exam room was it like a fucking like 10 by 10 room like really dinky ass like exam room with like the bed that takes up like half of the wall yeah yeah i know the rooms yeah. it's like two chairs computer and then like cabinets cabinet top. with sink yeah so you can like and wash then just your hands like and then the exam, exam table, table is yeah and the exam table is like half the room at least yeah so this further like sets me off too many bodies too little of a room fucking terrifying yeah and then i have like all these eyes on me you know what i mean yeah 
and suddenly it's it's a very like dehumanizing experience yeah everyone's just kind of like staring at you clinically and then there's your partner like hey what's up (laughs) yeah and honestly like it it would have been like 10 times as maddening if ali weren't there yeah i can imagine uh she managed to like hold me together so to speak even though like i did cry a lot (laughs) again really fun first day huh yeah (laughs) seeing you at your absolute lowest screaming crying yep getting injected Uh, in the in the gooch yep uh it's a very humbling experience yeah uh but as far as dates go i think that i mean if you survive that you can survive anything you're pretty much set for the long haul oh yeah absolutely if you can like see someone go through that and like love them through all of that that's kind of like you're good yeah um but anyway uh get the injections i'm a total wreck um and in the same day i have to drive her to the airport Mm. and let her go yep (laughs) so that's like the most stressful day ever physical mental and emotional pain all wrapped into one horrible gut-wrenching experience oh yeah yeah and then i'm like six hours yeah and i'm knocked out for like a week two weeks just totally down so second appointment after that so there's the march 18th appointment which is the diagnosis for the april 1st appointment <laughs> april, april fools am I, am I right yeah. <laughs> <coughs> uh, uh appointment after that i think was april 25th and then after that was may uh may 6th happens and the appointment is for a second round of steroid injections because essentially the first round of injections uh all it did was lessen it lessened a lot of the pain Mm -hmm. uh from dilating because it was like it was nigh unbearable yeah during like the whole of march it was it was rough the whole of march thank you (laughs) uh so that sucked and the first steroid injection makes that a lot less painful but it doesn't really it doesn't really solve the issue of the muscle tissue Mm -hmm. you know all of that is still there and it still makes it really hard to dilate you know at that point i had been using just the smallest size dilator for a month yeah that's that's all i could take because like physically there was just like a bunch of all of that muscle around this yeah there was like a hard tissue preventing you from doing anything better right so i was stuck on the first size for that long and i've kind of still been stuck on that size mostly uh but the second injection comes may 6th and uh this is another appointment i have to drive myself to Mm -hmm. and uh but i bring jessica along and which which helps for sure um you know, just having someone there. But, uh, so this round of injections uh, is not, they're not as bad as the first round. Yeah. Uh, because at this point, I sort of know what to expect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. So, I mean, I still I still cry, but I don't, like, ball. Yeah. Um, it's more like so, how it hurts and not, oh, this is the worst fucking experience of my life. Yeah. I mean, I still, like, you know, leak out of my eyes a little bit, but, like, you know, I sort of, I'm able to, like, grip my teeth and just, like, shout my way through it. Because there are two ways I approach pain. There's, like, receding from it, and then there's, like, just yelling at it, just shouting at it and meeting it toe-to-toe and just, like, fighting it. I completely shut down. Like, I do not register pain after a certain point Mm -hmm. like after it gets to like a certain threshold i i'm just like "Uh uh-huh yep this is happening (laughs) oh all right this hurts yeah okay nah it it 
always elicits some kind of like response from me no that's that's not me i can't do that yeah but my tactic is normally like because because it's the same way i approached uh laser face face laser Mm -hmm. uh hair removal which was like a mixture of like laughter and like sort of just staring it in the face and being like is this all you got yeah that kind of attitude um but the second round of injections happens um i take it a lot better and so it's been one week uh, since you looked at me it's been a full week since that injection and i've been slowly using the second size dilator every day after using the first size and Mm -hmm. like seeing if i can get further and further in and i think there's i think there's been you know it's only been a week but i think there's been progress yeah yeah pretty much all of the pain is gone there's like none mazeltov yeah but you know eve to be honest though even if you know the extent of this is just removing all of the pain and just making it a lot easier to use the first one but like i can't really use the second one anymore i'm honestly okay with that yeah, yeah i just I don't want it to be painful yeah um but having a painful body part is the pits yeah it, is. it causes more dysphoria <laughs> yeah yeah i bet <laughs> Um, cause it like further, uh, forlorns itself. Like it becomes more and more alien to you mm-hmm. and like separate from you. Um, but anyhow, um, that said the progress on the second size has been, uh, small, but noticeable. Okay. Uh, I cannot get to... So so the depth that I get to with the first size is I get to about I used when I first got the surgery I used to be able to get to the fifth dot like the fifth dot would get to my uh labia mm-hmm. um which are like the two sort of masses of like skin around the vagina that like kind of cover it yeah um colloquially I, known as the lips yeah <laughs> um so I was able to get to the fifth one, but then over time, it got like less and less, which was due to a couple factors, including like overhealing and um, some days not being able to dilate because of the steroid injections. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like kind of got a little bit of ground on me, uh, but I'm at a point where I get to uh, the three and a half uh sometimes the fourth dot up to the labia mm-hmm. um and comparatively to the second size going off of what i was able to get to yesterday um i can get it to the first dot Jeez. which which is a lot better than what i could only get a month ago which was like halfway to the first dot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's an improvement yeah so i am personally i'm like excited (laughs) it's very um i don't know it's very like liberating is maybe too strong of a word it's like i've already been fighting for this for like three four years just to get to having a vagina Mm -hmm. and once you get to the vagina part and like put like a week after post-op, you're like, I finally got it. Now it's like clear, you know, clear waters from here. You finished one hill and there's a mountain in front of you. Exactly. Good luck, asshole. Exactly. Enjoy exactly. your Sisyphean task. Yeah. It was kind of, and it felt that way. It was kind of like, um, it was very like grounding. It was very, not heartbreaking, but like, it was a little bit devastating yeah. when when I got to the three-month mark and then it all, like, started to close. Yeah. 
and I had started just absolutely panicking. Because I thought, no, I've already, like, done the worst part. I already went through all the surgery. I already went through hell. I went through all that pain. And, you know, this is supposed to be the other side of that. Yeah. But. (laughs) I mean, things are starting to look up again, so. Yeah. I sure hope I don't need a third round of injections. I don't know that I would even bother at this point. It's just. Mm -hmm. It's always, like, traumatizing. Yeah. Do you suddenly have an aversion to needles now? Um, well, okay. The thing is, almost from the moment Devin walked in the room, I would have my eyes shut. Oh, no. I guarantee you, if I saw that needle for a millisecond... You would have fainted? I would have fainted. I would have run out of the room. I would just (laughs) run all the way home. See, I don't have a problem with needles. Like, usually when I'm getting shots or anything like that, um, I usually just end up watching. <laughs> I can't. I yeah. I think it's way too fascinating to look away. Like, I, I want to watch. I want to see what happens. I definitely think it's fascinating. Um, you know, the marvel of, like, medical science is yeah. wild. But... I just have you ever have seen this... a, one of those spinal syringes? Don't really big, do this to me. Don't ones? do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Okay. I'm begging. I won't. I'll spare you the details. Thank you. But they're nuts. I, ha- I just have this like internal, very extreme aversion to like anything that sort of like crosses the the nice little image i have in my mind of what the body looks like <laughs> you know what i mean what if when i'm you like go inside there's some nice little levers and some gnomes that i uh, yeah, things yeah up and down that make the food go in your tummy exactly exactly yeah. it's all powered by elves it's elves all the way down you know once you like shatter that you know elf factory like internal like all the gears and whatnot yeah. once you like make me aware of what it actually is i'll throw up (laughs) (laughs) and it's no it's no like learned behavior or like you know phobia of blood or of just like gore or whatever it's just like i have this condition that just says if you like see like the inside of the body it's just like so just mm. Again, I'm exactly the opposite. I am so viscerally aware of what goes on in my body that it's kind of uncomfortable to think about anything else, like, abstracting from it. Yeah. And I wish I could be more, like, or rather, I wish I was less averse to it because I do find it all fascinating. I just, like, oh, yeah, can't it's... watch for some reason. Yeah. Um, But anyhow, I've become a lot more you know with with honestly with this advent of like um uh these these injections it's kind of encouraged me to become more familiar with like the inner vagina Mm -hmm. um and i think overall i can definitely take something away from this experience i definitely would rather have not had to go through it but all um, I can think of is, uh, like, one of those really old, like, black and white 1950s, like, uh, educational, like, shorts. Like, an intro to your vagina. <laughs> you see here. <laughs> and honestly, that, that, you, you reminded me of something I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, is that I'm going through this more or less alone. Yeah. And I and I don't mean like I'm going through the recovery process alone, even though I am. But I'm like learning what a vagina is on my own. Yeah, because you know, like it's I'll... easy to say like from my perspective, who has never like seen or like been in contact with one, it's like oh, it's just like a wet hole in the body. Okay, yeah. There's a lot that goes into it other than that. There's, like, a specific pH balance that a vagina is supposed to have. There's, like, all the things about fallopian tubes and all that shit, but that's not something you have to worry about. There's... Right. 
the difference between the uh major and minor labia there's yeah the ma- the labia majora is um it's like this sort of i don't want to say ring but it's like it's like these two folds of mm-hmm. skin that are around uh they're 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 around the hole and they're around the clitoris and the clitoral hood yeah um they it's like it's like think of like parentheses yeah so you have the outermost parentheses uh which are the labia majora it's a complete set of hole yeah (laughs) there's the labia majora which is the outermost parentheses and then there's um the clitoris the um actual like vaginal canal Mm. there's the uh urethral plate and then there's the urethra which are all uh, within um, another set of parentheses inside. Yes. So, um, but what I saw, what I more so meant is like for for cis AFAB people, they grow up and they go through like uh, puberty, adolescence. You know, they go their whole lives like growing up with this body part and being familiar with it and like you know being socialized as having it and you know their parents likely uh teaching them about it you know you all sit uh, on the gym floor and look at a crt television on one of those rolling carts that teaches you about it right (laughs) and you know like for for a lot of people uh you know having sex as a teenager with it yeah and you know experimenting with it as you know a 13 year old or you know whenever you know you started doing that and i don't get to go through that no i at least not in the same way right right right. there are parallels you can draw but it is definitely not the same experience right so for me it's kind of trying to figure out what those are for me Mm -hmm. because i don't have anyone to you know teach me what it is or how to use it you know i don't have anyone to like hold my hand through that Mm -hmm. and the only thing that's come close um is lauren who's the pa of lauren mayberry the uh, vocalist from uh (laughs) from churches the very same yeah um but but as i was saying uh lauren who's the pa of devon my surgeon Mm -hmm. um she's been the only kind of like honestly like motherly figure when it comes when it comes to like my vagina Hmm. because uh she's the she's the one person who like post-op throughout all these appointments would like um offer uh hey would you like me to um show you all of the parts and what they're called and help you get familiar with it hmm. and you know does she like get... offer advice as well yeah hmm. yeah like really um nice. how to how to take care of it you know in the bathroom and you mm-hmm. know concerning like you know utis and how you have to um there's there's apparently this like not not like saying or like idiom or whatever but there's this like thing um among people with vaginas how you always have to like uh wipe front to back because mm-hmm. if you get any fecal matter around the urethra you'll get a uti okay um and that's it's you don't really think about that kind of stuff like before surgery you don't really think about all of the little changes that you are gonna make yeah you know you you while while i'm like putting on underwear and then pants it's like it happens just a little bit differently now because of obvious reasons Mm -hmm. and you know going to the bathroom is obviously a different experience and just honestly like laying in bed 
is like different but in all these like very small ways um but yeah about about lauren um uh you know i'd be on the stirrups and she'd get a hand mirror and i would, she would give it to me and i would hold it and she was just she's she's very very gentle and nice and just uh, like emotionally keen mm-hmm. of like everything that i'm going through well that's good and it's just it's very it's very important to me to have you know that sort of metaphorical hand to hold mm-hmm. um and especially with the injection appointments uh you know before devin and everyone came in uh she would talk to me alone and really like ask me like how i'm feeling about all of this hmm. you know bordering on like a short little sort of therapy session yeah which is nice miss talking with my doctors like there's some that i used to be able to talk to like a lot like there's even some that i would consider my friends but Mm. i don't really get that anymore and it kind of makes me sad yeah i i like lauren a lot yeah she's very nice i wish she was the one giving the injections honestly (laughs) you know feel like less of a slight (laughs) smart as he is i'm sure Devin. he's just he's very you know like a lot of cis white men he's just very utilitarian yeah yeah he's very you know numeric about everything yeah you know like treating he puts me... all emotions to the wayside and he just right sees you as the body part that he needs to right yeah um and in his eyes fix <laughs> <laughs> which is not a good word to use but yeah um i think that's about all i had to talk about this update okay yeah i don't really have much else um doing pretty well uh would be nice if this injection really helps so you know crossing my fingers i mean here's Um, hoping because you didn't pay for it for it to do fucking nothing (laughs) yeah really (laughs) oh shoot so yeah um the next step in the recovery process you know other than the um injection seeing how that goes um i'm really looking forward to going to the beach for the first time yeah you're gonna pick out some uh bikinis yeah gonna try to get a swimsuit i it's been it's been like the sort of dream scenario like what i've been like reminding myself and like thinking about to like push through things mm-hmm. you know you're gonna especially... go for a one piece or a two piece i don't know i really don't hmm. know um it's it's gonna be the first experience that i've ever had like that hmm. so i'm very excited you gonna bring anyone with you to go shopping probably yeah that's That'll always a good be... idea yeah i'm really excited though but yeah, that's uh, that's all we have, I think, this week. If you would like to suggest a topic, if you would like to send us a comment, or say, like, you guys suck. <laughs> yeah, send us hate mail. We haven't received any of that, and I think it's overdue. <laughs> yeah, cook us. Yeah. We, we have it coming. <laughs> Tell Lily she stinks. Tell me I stink. Yeah. They stink. Lily, you stink. I'm told I smell like olive oil. I'm told I smell like apples. Really? Yeah. Do you eat apples? I eat a lot of apples. I love apples. They're my oh, favorite okay. fruit. Huh. Um, but yeah, if you want to come yell at us, uh, we are E for Estrogen on Gmail, Twitter, and Tumblr. Here's a uh, here's an uh, a statement that is either a truth or a lie, and you have to guess whether it is uh one or the other i used to drink a quart of apple juice every single day for like two months true yep that's true uh we we are refe podcast on um patreon and soundcloud Mm -hmm. and you can find links to all of our other links on our links (laughs) Uh, everything's connected everything's connected in the words of neil (laughs) cicerega
we have a Discord that you can join. We have a fun little community. Mm-hmm. Links to that on Twitter and SoundCloud and probably other places. We had our theme song granted to us by Amanda Palmer, one of her music managers, I think. Yep. <laughs> so thanks for that one. It is in my mind. And you can find it, I believe it's just a single that she wrote. It is. Uh, but you can find it on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes and whatever, probably. Yeah. It's a great song. Listen to the rest of it, because I had to cut out all of the really good parts to make the <laughs> intro and outro. So, I think that's everything. Uh... Here's another truth or lie. Okay. Uh, despite loving apples, never had apple pie. <laughs> I'm going to say that's false. It's true, actually. I've never had ah! apple pie. <laughs> I thought you were trying to trick me. No. <laughs> I'm a very mm. picky eater, unfortunately. All right. Here's right before we... before we. Yeah, toast. let's do one for you. So I got one. All right. I got, I got two truths and one lie. Okay. I, I have visited Paris, France. Okay. I have ridden in the Goodyear blimp. Okay. And I have met uh, the former star quarterback of the Dolphins, Dan Marino. Okay, you used to live in Florida, so that one has to be true. Um, I'm going to say you haven't ridden in the Goodyear blimp. I've never been to Paris, France. Fuck! (laughs) Once you ride in the Goodyear blimp. (laughs) When I was like two years old. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) <laughs> huh either two or one <laughs> yeah yep um everything and everything big in my life <laughs> happened when i was either two one or like 20 and plus <laughs> yeah everything <laughs> in else in between there is just like a haze it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah, Fuck it. exactly uh that's all the time we have thank you for listening uh we love you very much Mm-hmm. And until you listen to us again, I will continue to be Lily. And I will continue to be Emily.